Good morning, everyone. Welcome to our City Base Church online service. I hope you're all doing great and that you're keeping safe. My prayer for today is this, that no matter how good or bad your week has been, I pray that you will be blessed and encouraged by the word today, that you will grow closer to the Lord through hearing his word, and that you will receive a deeper understanding of the truth of his word today, and that you will walk a little bit further into God's calling by applying his word to your lives today. Amen. So this morning I'm going to carry on with the series Leading Ourselves, but today I'd like to focus on leading ourselves into true worship. Now I'm sure all of you will agree with me when I say I really miss our corporate times of worship together. Singing at the top of our voices, clapping, clapping our hands until they really sore, or in winter clapping our hands to, to warm them up, shouting out the name of Jesus at the top of our voices, hey Gav, dancing with all the freedom in the world like no one's watching, hey Charmaine, prophesying into other people's lives and encouraging each other with scriptures, basically worshipping our King together with everything we have, laying it all down for our King. Man, I really miss those times, and I'm sure you do as well. But this made me realize something about my own life, and it made me ask myself some serious questions. Am I still worshipping my King with everything I have? Am I still laying it down for my King? What does my worship look like now that our corporate worship times together is gone? What about you? What does your worship look like now? Our main scripture for today is John 4, verse 23 to 24. And it's a very well-known scripture, and it's been preached on many, many times before. And the context of the scripture is Jesus is talking to the Samaritan woman at the well. So let's read John 4, verse 23 to 24. But the time is coming, indeed it's here now, when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship Him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. Before we dive into the scriptures, I'd like to tell you about a guy called Howard Hughes. Many of you have probably heard of him. Howard Hughes was a pretty rich guy, and he basically took over his father's company, Hughes Tool, Tool Company, in Houston, Texas, way back in 1924. And he took over this company when his father died. He then became a producer in Hollywood, and was pretty successful there. Later on, after his aircraft company crashed and burned, he founded the Howard Hughes Medical Institute. It became a leading biological and medical research institute in the world. And it became one of the largest and most powerful charities in the world. He then went on to become a multi-billionaire and bought a whole bunch of casinos in Las Vegas. When Howard Hughes died in 1976, his company's public relations director asked the casinos, all the casinos in, in, in Las Vegas, to show him some respect and give him a minute of silence. 
They agreed, and for an un uncomfortable 60 seconds, the, kino the casinos went from a, a really loud buzz, you know how casinos are, to this eerie, strange silence. Eventually, after the 60 seconds were gone, the guy in charge of the gaming tables looked at his watch, leaned forward, and said, Okay, roll the dice. He's had his minute. How often do we not sometimes treat God in the same way as those gamblers treated Howard Hughes? We interrupt our busy schedules once a day. We give God his 10 to 20 minutes, sometimes less, sometimes more, and then forget about him and get back to what we'd rather be doing. John MacArthur is the author of a book, and his book is on worship. And the title of his book is pretty spot on about what worship is. The title of his book is The Ultimate Priority. God created us for the ultimate priority of worshiping him. John Piper puts it this way. Our chief end is to glorify God by enjoying him forever, now and forever. It's no accident that the longest book in the Bible is Psalms. And Psalms is all about praising and worshipping God. And I'd like to read a few Psalms this morning. Come everyone, clap your hands. Shout to God with joyful praise. For the Lord Most High is awesome. He is, is great King of all the earth. And Psalm 150 verse 1 to 2 and verse 6. Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heaven. Praise Him for His mighty works. Praise His unequaled greatness. Let everything that breathes sing praises to the Lord. Praise the Lord. And then Psalm 34 verse 1 to 4. I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak His praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us, let us exalt His name together. I prayed to the Lord and He answered me. He freed me from all my fears. And then when we get to the end of the Bible, we read Revelation and we see all the saints and angels in heaven falling on their faces and worshipping God. And I want to read Revelations 5 verse 9 to 13. And they sang a new song with these words, You are worthy to take the scroll and break its seals and open it. For you were slaughtered and your blood has ransomed people for God. For every tribe and, every, and language and people and nation. From every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have caused them to become a kingdom of priests for God. For our God. And they will reign on the earth. Then I looked again and I heard the voices of thousands and millions of angels around the throne. And of the living beings and elders. And they sang a mighty chorus. Worthy is the lamb who was slaughtered. To receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under earth and in the sea. And they sang, Blessing and honor and glory and power belong to the one sitting on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. See, we were all created and designed to worship now and forevermore. So much so that even unbelievers worship something. They worship idols like money, work, family members, material things, TV, online games, 
social media, cell phones. They even worship themselves. And the list goes on and on. Worship is going to be our greatest joy in heaven. And it's going to be the thing that we do all the time. And it's going to be glorious because we're going to be worshipping our King of Kings. We should, be start, we should start to practice now. Here are a few definitions of worship. John MacArthur wrote this in his book. Worship is our innermost being, responding with praise for all that God is, through our attitudes, actions, thoughts and words, based on the truth of God as he has revealed himself. Or he gives a much simpler definition later on in the book. He says, worship is all that we are, reacting rightly to all that he is. William Temple says this, To worship is to quicken the conscience by the holiness of God, to feed the mind with the truth of God, to purge the imagination by the beauty of God, to open the heart to the love of God, and to devote the will to the purpose of God. My definition is uh, not quite so eloquent, but here it goes. Worship is an outward expression of awe, reverence, gratitude, and love towards God, coming from the inward realization of who He is and who we are. John MacArthur also wrote this. Worship, by the way, is not music. Worship is loving God. Worship is honoring God. Worship is knowing God for who He is, adoring Him, obeying Him, proclaiming Him as a way of life. Music is one way we express that adoration. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 10 verse 31, So whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. In other words, everything we do, everything we say, every moment of our life should be pointing towards God. Our lives should be permeated with a sense of His majesty and His glory. Let's read our main scripture again. John 4 verse 23 to 24. But the time is coming, indeed it's here now, when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship Him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. Now there are three truths we can find in these verses. So let's start with the first truth. Truth number one. God is seeking true worshippers. We read there that God is looking for true worshippers who will worship Him in spirit and in truth. Who does that include? Does that include everyone? Does it include just a few elect people? Well, I'd like to answer that question with a question that I've been asking myself for a very long time. Every time I've read the story of Jesus and the Samaritan woman at the well, I've wondered, why was Jesus telling this unsaved, unimportant, unnamed, sinful Samaritan woman about true worshippers? Well, if you read the whole conversation that Jesus had with her, you'll see that the whole conversation is leading up to something. And Jesus' words about worship were all part of the process of witnessing to her. Jesus' primary goal was to bring this woman to saving faith. You see, we might not think that speaking about the importance of worship 
is a great topic to reach the lost. But Jesus knew. He took her question in verse 20 where she was asking whether Samaritan worship or Jewish worship was the correct worship. And he used it to focus on the aim of the gospel. And the focus, that focus is to turn sinners into true worshippers of God. So seeing that God is seeking true worshippers to worship Him in spirit and in truth, we should definitely make it a priority to become true worshippers. And we should make it our priority to be, play our part in turning the unsaved into true worshippers. Romans 11 verse 36 says, For everyone comes from Him and exists by His power and is intended for His glory. All glory to Him forever. Amen. Everything, sorry. It says, for everything comes from Him. That includes everybody. We exist by His power and we exist to bring Him glory. And God is looking for worshippers like us who will bring Him glory. Not just for an, under, for an hour on Sundays like we used to do and we can't do that anymore. But every day, every hour, every minute, through everything we do and through everything we say. But how do we do this? Well, for starters, we start this process by repenting of our sins and trusting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We start this process by, by, by becoming saved, being born again. We then grow in this process by bringing our thoughts, our words, and our actions under His Lordship and under His authority. Sub-point number one is this. The fact that God is seeking true worshippers implies that there are false worshippers. And we spoke about this earlier a little bit. False worshippers either worship something else other than God. Like I mentioned earlier, they worship idols like money, work, family, material things, online games, social media. Or they try to worship God, but they do it in a way that actually dishonors Him and brings Him no glory. But either way, sincerity is not a measure of true worship. All true worshippers are sincere. But not all sincere worshippers are true. For example, there are many devout, sincere worshippers of Allah, Krishna, Buddha, the Mormon gods, Jehovah Witness gods. But they are sincerely wrong. Why? Because they are not worshipping the one and only true God, the one and only living God, the King of Kings. Jeremiah 10 verse 10 says, But the Lord is the only true God. He is the living God and the everlasting King. Amen. There are so many Christians who are sincere, but their worship is man-centered, not Christ-centered. They worship the person who is preaching the word. They worship the person who is healing the sick. They worship the person who is prophesying the future. They worship the person who is performing the miracles. But they forget about the one who is the giver of the gifts, who is the the one who enables the gifts. Or on the other, other side of the spectrum, some go through the same rituals week after week, the same routines day after day, week after week, but their hearts are far from God. And they somehow think that these rituals and these routines will, will, will keep them good enough for one week for another week. 
So we need to be careful to not fall into this category of false worshippers. And it can happen so easily, church, if we're not careful. And that's why the scriptures say that we need to renew our minds daily. And that's why the scripture says that we need to put on the armor of God every day. It can happen so easily that we slip into the category of false worshippers. We need to be purposefully leading ourselves into the category of true worshippers. Amen. Sub-point number two. The fact that God is seeking true worshippers means that this is really important. It should become our priority. In verse 24, Jesus says that these true worshippers must worship in spirit and in truth. It's a necessity. It's not optional. It's a must. And apparently there are three, only three musts in the book of John, according to the clever people. And the first must is found in John 3 verse 7. And I'd like to read from the Amplified Bible. Do not be surprised that I have told you, you must be born again, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, sanctified. The second must is found in John 3 verse 14 to 15. And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in Him will have eternal life. And the third must is in our main scripture. And I'd like to read from the Amplified Bible this time. God is Spirit, the source of life, yet invisible to mankind. And those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. See, the first scripture involves the Holy Spirit who spiritually renews us and makes us alive. The second scripture is about Jesus Christ, who was lifted up onto the cross for the atonement of our sins, for the forgiveness of our sins. And the third scripture is about Father God, the object of our worship. And all three of these are the reasons why we worship. The triune God. And the order is important. First, we must be born again. We must be saved. We must, must believe that Jesus died for our sins and for the forgiveness of our sins. Then and only then can we worship God properly. So the first point is that God wants everyone to become a true worshiper. And if you haven't put your trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior yet, start there now. Make that decision now. Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't wait till next week. Tomorrow or next week might not come. If you have made that decision to follow Christ in the past, but you might have drifted off a little bit, drifted off course a little bit, come back to this truth and make this truth your priority, that God wants you. He wants you to become a true worshiper. Make that decision now. Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't wait till, till next week. So the second truth we can find in our main scripture is true worshippers worship God in spirit and in truth. Jesus repeats this twice in the, in the main scripture just in case we miss it. And I'd like to read the main scripture again but this time from the Amplified Bible. John 4 verse 23 to 24 But a time is coming and is already here when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit from the heart, the inner self, and in truth. For the Father seeks such people to be His worshippers, 
God is spirit, the source of life, yet invisible to mankind. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. So to be true worshippers, we must worship God in spirit and in truth. To worship in spirit but without truth basically means to worship false gods or idols. Ephesians 4 verse 5 to 6 says, There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. That's the truth. To worship in truth without spirit will result in dead, stagnant, lifeless religion. Matthew 15 verse 8 says, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are from far from me. It's like those whitewashed tombs. Everything's just for show, but inside there's nothing. Sub-point number one. We should worship God in spirit. And to worship God in spirit means to worship from our, from the, from our hearts. From the heart. It's not formal. It's not legalistic. It's not ritualistic. And I checked that is, a, that is a, a genuine word. It comes from really experiencing God and who He is for ourselves. Not just knowing of God, not just knowing, God, knowing what people say about God, but knowing, really knowing Him ourselves. John Calvin puts it this way, Worship in the Spirit is the inward faith of the heart, which, which produces prayer, purity of conscience, and self-denial, leading to obedience. I believe that worshipping in Spirit has to be emotional in some way. Because in experiencing a touch from the Almighty, All-Powerful God, He's definitely going to stir up some emotions. I know we can't trust our emotions at the best of times. Our emotions are irrational, erratic, and all over the place sometimes. But gen genuine emotions for God flow from a place where our hearts and minds are focused on the same thing. The truth of who God is and the truth of what He's done for us. I think that if I'm, our emotions are never touched by our worship, then something is wrong. Sub-point number two, we should, we should worth, uh, worship the Father in truth. And God has revealed Himself and is still revealing Himself in and through His Word, which is the truth. John 17 verse 17 says, Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. And God has revealed himself through his son, and he's, he's still revealing himself through his son today, who is also the word and is also the truth. And John 1 verse 18 in the Amplified Bible says this, No one has seen God, his essence, his divine nature, at any time. The one and only begotten God, that is, the unique son, who is the intimate presence of the Father. He has explained Him and interpreted and revealed the awesome wonder of the Father. To worship God in truth means to worship Him and all that He is. 
His majesty and the splendor of all his attributes. Not just some, not the ones that we like, not just the ones that suit us. All of his attributes and all that he is. All that's revealed to us in his word. We should worship him for his love. That's an easy one. But also for his justice and his righteousness. Psalm 103 verse 6 and 8. And I'm reading from the NIV. says this. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. We should worship him for his kindness. That's also a nice and easy one. But also for his severity. Romans 11 verse 22, and I'm reading from the ESV, says this. Note then the kindness and the severity of God. Severity towards those who have fallen, but God's kindness to you, provided you continue in his kindness. Otherwise, you too will be cut off. We should worship him for his sovereignty and for his grace. Revelation 1 verse 8 says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord God. I am the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come, the Almighty One. And Hebrews 4 verse 16 says, So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive His mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. We should worship Him when He gives, but also when He takes away. This is a hard one. Job 1 verse 21 says, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. We should worship Him always, and for all His ways. And the Bible is the only way we will know all His ways. The Bible is the only way we will discover who God is, who God really is. And like I said, worship in the Spirit flows from worship and truth. Feeding our minds with the truth of God. Who He is, what He's done, what He's busy doing, and what He has promised He's going to do. That truth moves our spirits to praise and to love God. So seeing that God is seeking true worshippers who will worship Him in spirit and in truth, the third truth that we find in the scripture is we need to lead ourselves to become true worshippers of God. But how do we do this? Sub-point number one. We need to make sure that we truly believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We don't worship to gain eternal life. We worship because God has given us eternal life. We don't worship to gain forgiveness. We worship because we are forgiven. We don't worship to become children of God. We worship because we are children of God. Worship is our response to what Jesus has already accomplished on the cross. Sub-point number two. We need to make sure that we spend time alone with God and in His Word and praying to Him every day. I can't emphasize this enough. Worship is our response to the truth of who God is, and He reveals that to us through His Word. Prayer is our response to that truth, to that truth that we find in the Word. 
without spending consistent time alone with our Lord, our souls will shrivel up and die. We'll grow cold and we'll, we'll stop worshipping. So point number three, we need to get rid of all the garbage in our lives. All the unnecessary stuff that hinders our growth in worshipping God. The world is consistently competing with our time and our worship to God. It bombards us daily through media, social media, gaming platforms, TV, you name it. And if a series or movie on Netflix or Amazon Prime is defiling us or stealing our time, the time that we should be spending with, with our Lord, we need to cut it out. If social media is taking up too much time, too much of our time, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, we need to start restricting that. If we're constantly buying into the lies that the media is throwing at us every day, we need to stop reading it. We need to stop listening to it. We need to start disciplining ourselves for the purposes of godliness. Because true worship goes hand in hand with godliness. Sub so point number four. We need to seek to help others to become true worshippers. We need to be outward-focused, outward outwardly-focused with our worship. People are watching us, and they either like what they see or they don't. They either see us as part of the problem or part of the solution. They either like what they see and want what we have, or they don't. How we treat others should be worship. How we speak to others should be worship. Sharing the good news is worship. Giving towards ministries is worship. Helping someone in need is worship. Buying a guy a life of bread because you can see how hungry they are, that's worship. Having an attitude of praise and thanksgiving is worship. How we deal with fear should be worship. Our response to a difficult situation should be worship. John Piper wrote this, Missions is not the ultimate goal of the church. Worship is. Missions exist because worship doesn't. Worship is ultimate, not missions. Because God is ultimate, not man. And these are words apply to us. And it applies to our efforts to try and reach the lost in springs in South Africa. Our aim is to turn sinners into true worshippers. That was Jesus' aim when he spoke to the Samaritan woman. He wanted to see her saved. And that should be our aim, our goal. Wherever we go, whatever we do, whatever we say. Let's leave our, lead ourselves into true worship. And let's lead as many people as we can into true worship. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for this word. I thank you, Lord, that your word is alive and it's life-changing, Lord. And I just, I just thank you, Lord, that you have designed and you have created us all to be worshippers, Lord. And you, your desire, Lord, your intention is for us to, for all of us, Lord, to be true worshippers, Lord. And Lord, I just pray for those that have never made a commitment to make you Lord and Savior of their lives. Lord, I pray, Lord, that they'll make that commitment now, Lord. I 
pray, Lord, that they wouldn't wait till tomorrow or next week, Lord. But I pray, Lord, that that you will show them grace, Lord, and that they, as they invite you into their lives and invite you to be their, their Lord and Savior, Lord, that you would miraculously make their spirits alive, Lord, and that you'll have an awesome relationship with them, Lord. And I, I just, I just pray, Lord, that for the for us that have, have made a commitment in the past, Lord, I pray, Lord, that we would truly and purposefully make it our goal, Lord, to become true worshippers of you, Lord. Not just once a day or or once a week, Lord, but every every minute, every moment of our lives, Lord. I pray, Lord, that our lives will point towards you, Lord. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would feed our minds, Lord, with your truth, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would purge our imaginations with your beauty, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you will open our hearts to your love. And I pray, Lord, that we will devote ourselves to your will, Lord. Lord, I thank you for this word. I thank you for the people that have been listening, Lord. I really pray, Lord, that you'll just... Guide us, protect us, Lord. I pray, Lord, that we wouldn't fall into the trap of fear. But I pray, Lord, that we will stand on, on your word, your promises that we can find in your word, Lord. The truth that we find in your word, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that we'll be front-footed, Lord, against this fight, against fear, Lord. And I thank you for your protection, Lord. And I just pray, Lord, your blessing on every single person that, that hears this word, Lord. And I, like I said uh, in, the, in the beginning, Lord, I really pray, Lord, that people will be encouraged, Lord, and that everyone would be filled with your hope, Lord, through this word, Lord, and that we will, we will walk a little bit further, Lord, in our calling, Lord, our purpose that you've called us to, Lord. Thank you, Father. And I just pray a special blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Don't rush off. Please uh, share a cup of coffee with your family. Um, pray for each other. And yeah, like I prayed, I just, uh, just want to pray that you guys don't fall into the trap of fear. And that you guys will rely on the strength of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And that... Um, We'll be front-footed with this fight. And that we'll be sure that we can rely on the Lord, we can trust Him. He's in control and He's got our best at heart. Be blessed. Enjoy the rest of your day and your week. Amen.